Do you think Jalen Hurts should be the favorite for MVP? I mean, this game, I would say, probably projects him a little bit, but I don't know, Matt. Something just still doesn't seem right about Jalen Hurts. I can't describe it because it's not like it looks like he's like injured anyway, but he just, I don't know, man. Like, I'm giving it to CJ Stroud before I give it to Hertz. Yeah, just it has that type of vibe, you know? Like, It is episode 199 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast. It's just your two boys, Javon and Hayden. You can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, Left Side Heavy underscore. Make sure you go rate and review the show. It really helps grow the show, helps support the boys. Hayden, how we doing, my brother? How we doing? We're good, man. Absolutely flying today. Home early from school. Got some Chipotle for lunch. Dope. Pitching's starting to come along. Flooring's going in. Yeah, dropped an absolute bag on the weekend because of fucking Christmas. Dope. <laughs> Love seeing my bank account dwindle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. And then just the acceptance or the realization that no NFC South team should be in the playoffs is is something that I can just live with now. And my coach, or at least the coach of my favorite football team, is a fucking hypocritical idiot. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, why can't he be like Frank Reich and get fired, please? <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> yeah, pretty much, man. Like I hate David Tepper, but at least he's at least he's doing something. Granted, uh, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah. how's school going? School's good, man. I'm passing. I'm uh, officially making my uh, toolbox that I have to make. Dope. And. It seems like everyone's general consensus is that they fucked up at least a little bit on one side when gluing up an angle, mm-hmm. but then the other side is like perfect or near next to it. And that's where I'm at right now. Love that for you. Yeah. So going to be making that. And yeah, just going along about it, doing tests every Tuesday and Friday. Fire. How long is yeah. the course? Six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Okay. We have two weeks left after this week. Fire. Yeah. And what about you? How's Nights? Nights was unique. Yeah. Being out um, on the uh, open, lonely water. It's just weird because sometimes you'll have like a few minutes on the boat or whatever. You'll tow for like five minutes, check your phone, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that the world is mostly dead at three in the morning. And that yes. nothing, nothing's really changed since you checked an hour ago. Mm-mm. You're just checking the same Twitter posts. And stuff but no it was all right uh my last day um before my days off mm-hmm. was saturday night <sighs> sorry tired you're good 
Saturday night. Um, I was just hoping that like I was just it couldn't my days off couldn't come any sooner. Of course. And so I was hoping for like a decent day. And that's exactly what it was. It went by pretty quick. But um we finished our shift out by uh UBC. Mm-hmm. It's basically like the first initial storage grounds of logs that come in from the ocean. It's called like the jetty. That's what we okay. call it. So we were kind of like we were building a flood tow for day shift. And they were on their way. Usually like crew change happens like like day shift and night shift leave Harkin at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. So wherever you are, whether you're right by Harkin, you could crew change work like 10 minutes of overtime or Mm -hmm. you could work like two hours of overtime simply because it takes them 50 minutes to drive out to you Mm -hmm. crew change and then take another 50 minutes to drive back so you make like just under two hours of overtime there kind of thing okay the crew boat that was coming to crew change us broke down so They had to get like this emergency cab thing, come and get him, drive him out to us. And then like, or like drive back to Harkin, drive back to us. And then we got picked up at 9 Mm a.m. So we worked like 14 hours on the logs. And then uh, we got... Uh, crew boated to where like the emergency taxi spot is which is about 20 minutes from us probably half hour from Harkin and then we had to taxi to Harkin so it was an interesting way to end the shift man I just love being out on boats and it was really trippy because I took a nap in the taxi on the way back but I was dreaming that like the movements of the taxi was like the movements of the boat. So I like I was dreaming that I was on the boat. It was almost like for lack of a better term, it was like PTSD. But like it wasn't. It's just <laughs> like I just worked 14 hours on the boat. I was. Everything felt like the motion of the river and everything like that. And my captain in the back seat Was like holy shit and i sprung up because i thought something was wrong on the river Mm -hmm. but we are in a taxi going home and he was just responding to a photo on his phone and i was just like don't fucking do that to me man yeah i was like i'm all sorts of fucked up right now but yeah nights nights are really weird because it's like i'd go to text georgia or some of my friends or whatever and i'm like wait it's 3 30 in the morning they're not awake so that's uh, it yeah i um also like uh i have like a this has nothing to do with work or i guess this one does but there's like jaggers on the wires that we have to pull out Mm -hmm. of the water and stuff and jaggers are obviously like kind of spikes on the wires because they're like metal wires and uh i'm wearing gloves to like prevent strain and like any sort of jaggers to get cut my hand and stuff. There's this fat jagger that was like half of my pointer finger and it sliced my finger 
through my glove. You see this? Jesus Christ. Through my glove, it sliced me. But like my glove made no damage. And I was like, how is that? How is that possible? How is that even? How does that work? I need the math behind that. <laughs> but yeah, so that happens. So I just feel like this finger is never going to heal because I'm going to be using it like every single day. And I'm going to have to need like a full two weeks off for it to like somewhat heal. But mm. I'm constantly flexing this finger, right? So it keeps closing and reopening. And it's opening, gonna, yeah. Not going to have a chance to like grow back at all. But yeah, so that's kind of annoying. And then yeah. I also have, uh, this is really stupid. Like this really pissed me off today. So I've, a couple of years ago, I had like an ingrown toenail on my, big, on my big toe. and to get it fixed, I would go in and they'd clip it out to the bed of the nail and like rip it out so that it could obviously heal and not put so much pressure. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm going through that same thing right now. And I worked through it for like a week and a half. And I'm like, okay, no, this is like, I can't put any pressure on my foot. Right. Like this hurts a lot. Yeah. So I booked an appointment for today. And I go into the appointment just to like, it's get gotten a, lo a bit better, but okay. I just needed to like get it. I needed it clipped out because it hurts a lot right now. So I go to book an appointment with my family doctor. She's busy. So they're like, here, here's another doctor that's available Tuesday, 1030. I'm like, okay, perfect. Works for me. Go in there. He's five to 10 minutes late. Sees me at 10 like between 10:35 and 10:40. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm literally in there for 3 minutes only for him to tell me that he doesn't have enough time today to do anything about it and just to do this. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I brutal. I waited like 5 days for this doctor's appointment and all I get and is 3 minutes. And I only get 3 minutes of your time for you to tell me that you don't have time. Bro, it takes like three minutes to do this. They basically take pliers, head, like not the mm -hmm. nail clippers, uh, like horizontal nail clippers. They take vertical nail clippers yeah, yeah. so that they can actually snip it down your toe, mm -hmm. right? Not across. Mm -hmm. They just take that and then they pull it out. It's like, it doesn't hurt too bad for like what the context is like it sounds like it should hurt a lot more but it doesn't yeah it's a very quick procedure and it relieves so much pain because there's nothing underneath the skin anymore but this guy's just like yeah just try and put uh like tape it back tape the skin back so there's not much pressure or put some like cotton underneath to like open it up or whatever and i'm like or or here's an idea how about you just do your fucking job and what I booked an appointment for? And then, but apparently they changed up their policy and apparently you have to have consultations before any sort of act. And it was like, how about you tell me that instead of just blowing me off saying you don't have time to see me when I booked an appointment that you were late for? Yeah, that's a little bit fucked up. So that really pissed me off because I just completely wasted so much of my morning where. 
I couldn't do anything before the appointment because it was in that weird time where it was like 1030. It's like I can't. I may as well sleep in until I have to leave. Mm -hmm. But then like if I just didn't have that useless appointment. You could have done anything. I could have just got my day started earlier. Exactly. And that was just a huge waste of my time. And it was very annoying. But yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Whatever. What are you going to do about it? Honestly, but yeah, I'm back tomorrow. <laughs> Don't know what I'm doing, but we'll see. Should be on my own pretty soon here, which is Ooh. frightening, but <laughs> got to start at some point. Love that. Yeah. But uh, anyways, let's get this going. Question of the week here. Um, I was just watching the show that is related to this question. It kind of made me think. Very easy question. What was the first like TV series that you watch start to finish? Hmm. First one I watched start to finish. I mean, do you count like start to finish as start on like uh Netflix season one to season like six, but like they're still making seasons? Yeah, that's like what's the first series that you caught, caught up to? Caught up to or completely finished? Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nice. Yeah. When yeah. uh when did you start that? Oh man, I started that like as soon as I got Netflix, and yeah, because I was at the time like a I guess a bigger Lonely Island fan than what oh, you yeah. ever need to be, and yeah. you know I just love Andy Samberg, great actor, so and fun. then. Yeah, after that, I think I went to, because this was an easy one, but the IT crowd. Yeah, and that that's one, hilarious. Donnie and Donald got me hooked on, and then I bit the bullet. I watched The Office, and then I haven't finished The Walking Dead, and then The Boys, obviously, have continued with that one. I haven't watched any Stranger Things past season two and a a bit or maybe even season like one and a bit (laughs) but yeah brooklyn 99 nice that's a funny Mm -hmm. show that's a great show yeah mine was uh blue mountain state Mm -hmm. i um wasn't a huge like tv tv show guy but uh i was with my buddies one night and they just put on the pocket pussy episode and I'm like, this is hilarious. So I that night, I think I went home and I started watching it. it. And it was on Netflix. And it was like the easiest watch of all time. It's three seasons, 20 minutes at an episode. Just super. It's hilarious. It, I cry laughing every single episode. So many funny characters, and I was watched. I fit, I caught up to the boys, and um, right next to it was because Netflix took it down, took it off Netflix, and I was heartbroken because I wanted to go watch it again. And I was like, Where is it? I tried finding it on like streaming sites or mm-hmm. whatever, and couldn't find it. Sometimes YouTube posts it like pirates the episodes, and you can watch episodes yeah, on YouTube. There. So I tried doing that. There was nothing. There's just clips and everything. And I was just like, where is this show? It was gold. 
and for some reason they hate seeing people happy and they took it down forever i couldn't find it and when i finished caught up to season three the boys right next to it was like under the more shows you'd like was blue mountain state Blue mountain state yeah and i got so happy and i just started watching it and it was just as good as i remember oh look at that baby boy found his found found his love again yeah i'm <laughs> so happy obviously i've watched like friends the office mm-hmm. the boys um i i'm counting this but like I've watched 13 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, and I think that counts as catching up to a show. <laughs> that's that's something. I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. If you've hit like 70 percent of Grey's Anatomy, you've caught up to it. Yeah. You've hit I, I all. Think you've hit the best parts of the show. So. More or less, I think if you watched five seasons of Grey's Anatomy, you kind of get the basis of it. For real, like every. That's like every sitcom, every TV drama. It's always the same shit. Yeah. It's like criminal minds. Oh my God. Guess what? They caught another criminal. (laughs) And it's a twist you're not expecting, but you're expecting. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's something every fucking time. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, they did something funny that involves still with like perps or Grey's Anatomy. Oh my God terrible accident help them (laughs) yeah the office oh jim pulled a prank on dwight (laughs) michael did something stupid that screwed up there you go that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i've also watched uh sex education have you seen that show Mm -mm. it's funny it's like it's a british show in it in it and it, it's pretty good it's uh it's pretty good i watched it out of curiosity because i heard a lot of good things about it and i was like fuck i'll just give it a shot and i'm like oh this is decent there's only three seasons so far or two seasons and then pleasantly surprised yeah exactly but there's more i do want to watch um like i've also seen uh some of like the marvel tv shows as well Mm-hmm. Loki, WandaVision, all that kind of stuff. I was about to say like Loki. Like I've watched them and I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yo, Loki, Loki is good. <laughs> yeah. God, how come I haven't heard that joke yet? <laughs> For real. But anyways, hey, why don't we get into this episode and kick us off with uh week twelve. Week 12, NFL. Happy Thanksgiving to uh, the friends of America down south. Yeah. Who also just completely took over the weekend. The only day that you didn't have football was Saturday over this nice long weekend. And even so, there's lots of college football that you could have watched. Exactly. Saturday is for the college boys. Yeah. Every other day around that time is for the NFL boys. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, this isn't a primetime game, but we'll obviously quickly go through it. The Packers upset the Lions. Uh, shocking, shocking score. Um, yeah. Love actually looked hella competent. And I think Goff is just 
in a slump. I don't think there's anything else to say about this. He had another game where he turned the ball over three times. Not great. Um, I mean, like, I think the Lions are benefiting off a weaker NFC North division where they can afford this kind of bad game, which is mm-hmm. weird for to say in regards <laughs> the to the Lions. Yeah. But, I mean, divisional matchup, you never really want to see it. But mm-hmm. after getting 20 put up on the first quarter, it's going to be hard to recover from that when you never surpass 10 in a quarter throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So I think this can serve as a good thing for Detroit. Kind of like a humble check. Yeah. You aren't quite... Like, uh, I don't know if I want to say they're not quite what their record is. Because I do think they are a very solid and competitive team. But, like, there's still holes in that team that can result in these types of losses. And I think it's good for them to, you know, these losses... Get their lumps out of the way. Keep them on their toes kind of thing. Yeah, I think this is, like, a good kick in the teeth that they'll need against a bad team. Exactly. Yeah, like every team has lost to, you know, a, rel- a relatively bad team. Who is a good team? And we can say that because look at the Eagles. They lost to Zach Wilson. Look at the Patriots. We lost to Miami. <laughs> yeah, similarities are off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I believe Detroit will have a great bounce back game and who else to have it but against my New Orleans Saints. So yeah. <laughs> I am taking Detroit minus whatever the like I haven't even looked at the bet 365. I'm taking Detroit minus the money line. Okay. Pete, Pete Carmichael will serve Detroit a W on a oh, solar platter. I, I would start their defense. I would start their offense. Like uh, for everyone. I think Jared Goff could literally throw for six touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> and if he doesn't, I will be so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Only five? W. <laughs> yeah, facts. Oh my god. Saints, Saints put up zero. Eh? There was hey. a field goal there. That... Yeah. We got six field goals this time. It's yeah. better than five, okay? Yeah. Fuck. But next game, Cowboys absolutely destroy the Pilgrims uh and beat them 45 to 10. Yeah, under 48 and a half was not the play because Cowboys put up 45. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Deron Bland, uh, DPOY incoming. Like, when yeah, you, dude, that call from history. Jim, that call from Jim Nance was chills, electrifying chills. Yeah. However, you want to say it, that's what you need when something awesome like that happens in a game, Hundy, because it, it truly is a, a moment in history that you are witnessing live. Yeah. And for a season for like this for Deron Bland, like fuck, man, he has six more weeks to to build that whole repertoire, and it's just I want to see it happen again. That's actually absurd. That like five out of your six interceptions have been house six calls. Sixes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely that's, insane. Like that's such a flex to like you can win any argument. That you're in immediately. Absolutely. Just be like, oh, yeah. So, like, five out of my six have been 
house calls. So yeah. suck on that one. And it's just no, like, you just have it. a nose, a nose for the end zone and you're yeah. a different human being, which is like, which is great. And yeah. it's literally like that when you break any record, right? Like imagine if you were Alvin Kamara, it's like, yeah, this record hasn't been broken since the NFL wasn't the NFL. Yeah. That's 100%. how bad it was. <laughs> so for Deron Bland to do that, like those are the, the milestones that I can think of. Or Brady having over a hundred thousand career passing yards, like that—that that just that'll never be broken. I heard this stat about Brady. I'll quickly say it before we get sidetracked too much. But he never took a snap where he was eliminated he was math- from the playoffs. Eliminated, yeah. Like that's that's, fu- that's fucking crazy. Like it's basically fucking- for one second, or like yeah, like one snap he's taken, he's never been mathematically eliminated. It's always been like absurd. Like, that's crazy to me. Absolutely absurd. Uh, From one pick six to another, Seattle uh, (laughs) disappoints on Thursday night uh, for football. It was not a good display. Uh, Yeah, I'll be honest. I was asleep during this game. I was just waking up. And then going off to work while this game was on. So I didn't catch much of the Thursday slate in general. So mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of notes on this game. So just kind of like walk me through this. Pretty like, much. Pretty much. It was just when San Francisco has all of their guys, they're very good. <laughs> like, got it. it was almost insane how just like everyone would touch the ball. And as soon as Chris Collinsworth said their name, like if they haven't done anything, the next play, they would get the ball. Like it was all the way until the fourth quarter until Chris Collinsworth says, oh, like, I can't believe they haven't used Brandon Ayuk. He's only had three catches for fucking whatever yards. And then he catches a 30 yard touchdown pass the next (laughs) play. And it's like, like, okay. Yeah. And then he also was talking about like how McCaffrey, um, like, was it, didn't get the uh, touchdown the last week, and then he ends up getting two this week. Yeah, and it's he like, just also had an absolute day as well. So absolutely, and you know the only good thing for Seattle was on their defense that you know was a pick six, but it was only twelve yards. So all of the touchdowns that were thrown were thrown by Brock Purdy. <laughs> that's <laughs> Which that's unreal. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty much how the game was. Uh Ian, sorry for you, but you're you, you can come sit back on the uh, bench with Jeb and I, all right? Yeah. You're 100%. not riding the wagon anymore, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> for the NFL's first Black Friday game. Uh what another Hail Mary. Now it's the Hell Mary. Uh Tim Boyle. Uh not a step up from Zach Wilson, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Timmy Boyle, tough day overall, but I mean, not far off from Tua's stat line. So Tua can't really say anything else, you know, but <laughs> most certain Waddle. I mean, Miami just kind of took care of business in general. I, I mean, yeah, Tyreek Hill having over 100, Jalen Waddle having over 100, and Mostert having a, a day was just awesome. Yeah, and it just seems like Garrett Wilson is it's starting to get to him now. 
When I mean, you're you only get four snaps with Aaron Rodgers, and then you have to play continuous weeks with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. I would be pretty pissed off as a receiver as well because it's just so hard to do your job at an effective level when you're cooking DBs and not getting the ball in your hands. It's like, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, no, it's it's going to be tough for him to get a second contract if this is the type of shit that he has to go through. At least, um, like, it's going to be very tough on the Jets end to negotiate with Garrett Wilson when you're giving him this type of bullshit to deal with. Like, absolutely. To not go out and try and get a different quarterback is when Rodgers went down is kind of disrespectful, too. When you set your whole entire roster up to try and go on a Super Bowl run by bringing Rodgers in and immediately give up four plays in and be like, no, nope, better be going all in. Zach Wilson's our guy. And it was like, well, he wasn't for the start of the season. So why would he now? <laughs> would he be now? Exactly, man. <laughs> no, it's, so, it's like bashing your head in, uh, bashing your head against a wall and expecting you not to get brain damage. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's just absurd. Um, like the Jets strategy this year. But I mean, hey, Aaron Rodgers is set to return Christmas Eve. So Yeah, he never tore his Achilles. Uh yeah, that's I can kind of agree with you there. Am I lagging here? Yeah, you lag oh. a little bit. But yeah. I wasn't sure if that was me because I have a habit of you know going crazy. But uh Anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to believe Rodgers actually tore his Achilles because no I don't, I, I don't, fast. I don't believe psychedelics can heal your Achilles in three months. No, I will take modern medicine and science over loopy dooby. Uh, I'm on drugs type shit. Like something did go on with his Achilles. I don't think it was like a fully torn Achilles. But like also, that's also not real. Like we also saw the clip. Like we all saw the same clip. His his calf legit did what Achilles pop looks like. It's but it's it's surely not like as bad as it was meant out to be. Like I don't know if you can partially tear an Achilles without seeing the pop. Let's, Wait, I don't know if I said that properly. Like, I don't. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like seeing the pop, I don't think. I think that's full blown tore. Um. No, you can partially just rupture it. But can you see the whole shebang? Yeah, it's a it's a sudden sharp feeling of pain. Uh, some people describe it as like feeling being kicked in the back of the calf. Yeah, but like, I don't think you'd see a pop like we saw with Rogers. Like, that's, it's just so confusing to see it. Like, I honestly think he might, may be contradicting myself here because I said it's kind of bullshit. But now I'm kind of going back on my word. No, you, yeah, you're going back on your word. Like, but it's just hard because like we saw the video of it looking I like bet. a full blown torn Achilles, but that's a season ending injury for. Anyone, like anyone up until this point. Yeah, I have to believe that you can, you can partially tear it and still have it kind of look like you fully tore it. Because there's no way at that age, 
that you're healing a muscle like that that quickly. Yeah. I don't care if you're uh the most like I don't even like you're the best athlete in the world. No. I we've seen a lot more fit younger athletes who have torn their Achilles who be yeah, out for six months. Yeah. Six eight months. Yeah. Like J.K. Dobbins, I, how how bad do you feel? Or how bad do you think J.K. Dobbins feels? Probably Dob- that motherfucker did not tear his Achilles. Yeah, Dobbins <laughs> is probably feeling like extremely disrespected. Like looking at Rodgers, like this motherfucker did not do that because no. like, I did that shit twice and I've been out for season ending. Both yeah, and times. I run for my career. I don't yeah. just run and throw. I run. You and- know what I? You know what I think it is. Hmm. Rodgers has that compound V. He's a soup on the boys. Oh, he must be. That'd make a lot of sense, actually. Right? Like, <laughs> A-Train, you know, he busted his Running shit. Running through people. Yeah. Yeah. Got that com- compound V back, and his leg was all it was all good within a matter of days. Could be. I think that's it. All right. We're spending way too much time on this Aaron Rodgers shit. Fuck yeah. that guy. Um, yeah. Who is he? The Colts uh, beat the Buccaneers. I mean, it came at the risk or it came at the hand of Jonathan Taylor breaking his thumb finger. Now he's going to be out for a couple weeks, but great game from the Colts all around. Like Taylor had a day. Pittman had a day. All the people you'd want from the Colts kind of had a day. Josh Downs, a little quiet. But your big name guys are the ones that performed today. It was just a good Sunday. team effort from uh, Indy overall. Absolutely. And Rashad White, good day. Good day running. Just uh, a good, good solid day. Also, Mike Evans will make you cry, Jeff, because yep, <laughs> we've yeah. already been through that. Yeah, we've, you know, we've, yeah, we've been on this ride before and it made me sick the first time and it's continuing just it's just been nothing but downhill yep ever since i made it you know (laughs) there's just no good that can come from this that's sad very sad because what's most frustrating is that it was unnecessary didn't really need to happen no it it didn't but it it is, it, or it did. You know, we live, we learn, we thrive, <laughs> and yeah. hopefully, Devon H and you know, in the championship against me, you know, scores a lot but loses, just yeah. by like a hair. You know, <laughs> point point one. What would you rather be beat by? Point one or 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 ten? Oh, blow me out of the water. Okay, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then I then Devon H is the only one on your team that performs. Everyone else sucks ass. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just make me believe that the trade was worth it. That's all I need. Okay. I'll <laughs> I'll I'll let them know. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. The Matt Canada list Pittsburgh Steelers actually put up over 400 yards for the first literally the first game after he's gone. It it's unbelievable how much it's showing that Canada was holding back that offense. The whole offense. Like what? It, what was it that I saw? It was like Kenny Pickett in, uh, 
like uh, what was it in previous two weeks 160 total yards or something and then pick it in the first half without Matt Canada and it was like 170 total yards it was like <laughs> it was something like that something like that yeah I I'm kind of paraphrasing and probably getting the stat wrong but it was basically a summarization of Matt Canada was the biggest loser of all time and like yep was writing a shitty narrative for Pickett because everyone was saying Pickett's just not him and like all the memes were against him but like in reality Matt Canada is just the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL yeah and I wish I wish my team could learn something from like could learn something from the Steelers and their mishaps because like this is what I the only difference is like Pete Carmichael or Derek Carr is actually decent enough to throw for a lot better yards he has more time in the league you know he should be able to do that but it's just specific play calling that really flusters you know in the red zone yeah and for the Steelers to do this and come in put up this type of game against a divisional opponent yeah it's against Jake Browning but you know you put up yards and you actually look decent Najee Harris for as much shit as like he's been getting this past couple of uh, weeks, he had a great game, he as did. well as Jalen Warren, like dual-headed monster in the backfield, one hundred percent. That is like the boom and zoom right there. Monday, so yeah, good for Steelers. Uh, Panthers are terrible, and they lose uh, by a score of ten to seventeen. Um. Man, you know how good CJ Stroud looked <laughs> at the two? This is why sometimes you don't want to have the first overall pick. <laughs> it's yeah, it's crazy. And I just feel so much more better about myself when I was saying that Stroud should go one. Oh yeah. Like it just seems like everything about Stroud just seemed more quarterback ready. And the only thing I was like kind of skeptical on about Stroud was the whole Ohio State narrative where their mm-hmm. quarterbacks haven't necessarily performed the greatest in the NFL. Yeah, in recent memory. But you know what? Alabama quarterbacks have that same exact narrative. So <laughs> I think just the Heisman was speaking to Carolina. Like it must oh. have been. The Heisman Trophy winner, it must translate to the NFL right away. Oh, and we again, have a we have a lot of Heisman winners who uh, haven't yeah. translated to that. Baker Mayfield yeah. being one of them. <laughs> and now, mind you, it's 10 games into Bryce Young's career. I'm, but it's just like hard not to pay attention to that. Yeah. When you got no, this. Yeah, second overall pick, just absolutely like in MVP conversations while Bryce Young is at the bottom of the league. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It's just like it's hard to kind of look and be like, oh, back to back first overall picks is never good. No. <laughs> is and you could have the first and like third or fourth overall picks this year, but nope, you decided to give it to the Bears. The Bears. So, dope. Yeah. Tennessee, uh, 
I mean, they had to have won this game, but it still doesn't, the future doesn't look bright for them for this season, but hopefully Levis, you know, kind of translates, you know, and Tajay Spears maybe overtakes Derrick Henry as the bell cow. But I mean, hey, Derrick Henry had two touchdowns from the one and the 10. He He's still like a very serviceable back, I'd say, for like a team that would like a bruiser. Like yeah, he's not he, the dominator that he is anymore, but he's a bruiser. Like you still don't want to tackle him, you know, past week 15. No. And like, but you just obviously you can see that the 400 plus carries back to back to back years starting to catch up to Henry. Yeah. It's very evident now. And uh, I was one of those guys where it's like, I'm not going to believe his downfall till I see it. We might and see it. I think we're just seeing it more and more this season. Like he's still yeah. having those Derrick Henry games, but it's not happening every week like the year he ran for two thousand yards. Yeah. No, so I think this is like the start to his downfall. And I don't think it's gonna be like fall off the cliff downfall. But I just see you're I just think you're gonna gradually see him be like he'll still probably be the number one running back next year, or it'll be more of a one A one B, and then you might see him as like a bounce around, one year contracts contenders, who need a second back, yeah, kind of situation. Yeah, so. that's how I that's how I kind of see the situation go as well for him. But eh, for now, he's still still King Henry, still King Henry. Uh, the Jaguars in probably the game of the week defeat the Houston Texans 24 21. Uh, this this matchup is going to be so fun for years to come. The AFC South is, is like the the new battle for young quarterbacks. Like, yeah. from what we've seen of Levis, maybe some time he needs, but. With Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, and Will Levis, this could be the best division with quarterbacks. In two to three years, it could In be two to three years, like these these guys could be it. Yeah, it's gonna be very exciting to pay attention to. Because I mean, you're already seeing it trend that direction with Lawrence and Stroud. Mm-hmm. And when Richardson was healthy, he was putting on unbelievable performances, and Levis has shown flashes. So if like every quarterback can kind of put together their body of work into like a consistent quarterback, then I see the ceilings for each of these guys in this yeah. division be very, very good. Definitely. And like like you said, hey, like this game between the Jags and Texans, you saw a lot of the big guys play a part in it. Mm-hmm. Like Nico Collins mm-hmm. had a day. Stroud obviously had a really good day. Thank Lawrence had, had a, a day. day. Yeah. Ridley had a good day. Etienne, nothing crazy, but he was a bit of a below average day, but he was still like impactful. It's not like he was kind of a deadbeat, but no, yeah, not, there, not at all. There's just, there's a lot of chipping in and, that's kind of what you want from a divisional game. Definitely. Jeff, take it away, my man. 
We lost to Tommy DeVito. It's sad. <laughs> Mac Jones benched. Second week in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sad. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is starting to kind of resurge this season a bit, which I'm happy to see. Like, he's starting to put together, like, good games, finally. Yeah, some decent running games. Very decent running games. But there's just, it's really, really hard to find any sort of positivity coming from this team right now. Like, it's, it's to the point where, like, you can't fix this team in one off season. Um, there just doesn't seem to be any sort of spark on offense. Everything looks off timing, uh, weapons in general, play calling, just like everything seems off. I think for both Mac Jones and New England's benefit, I think it's good to part ways. I'm being honest. Like I think Mac Jones will see the better parts of his career outside of New England. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I was excited for it to be with New England, but I just don't think it's going to be that. Unfortunately, and that's just a bullet we'll have to bite. I think because like his confidence is shot. And, but it's not like Bailey Zappi came in the first drive and put up seven, which is like, if you're Mac Jones and seeing that, you're like, my days are like numbered here. Yeah. And it's so hard to go back in the next week and try to be impactful when you've been benched two, two weeks in a row. But I think he'll still be the starter for the rest of the year. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe one more week and then you get Zappy starting, but I truly think that it's just going to be him for the remainder of the year because Bill is stubborn. But no, it's been very, very tough. Douglas looks impactful to a degree, which is nice. But there's just a lot of sadness in New England right now, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. So we lost to the Giants, man. Like this is a game you need to win. And mm. we only put up seven on the Giants, bro. Yeah, no, that's tough, man. Like it's, that's just like tough. like saying that out loud. And and like it's not even it wasn't even to the hands of like Saquon. It was just like we were bad. Yeah. So I just... Yeah, no, it's it's tough. But you know what? I get where you're coming from. And with that we can we can transition because uh now we can talk about my depressing team. All right. And uh how they are in shambles because uh, the reason why Dennis Allen is a hypocrite, he earlier this year has said that, you know, he doesn't want to bring in kicker competition because that he wants confidence to say like groupies, our guy, 
You know, Blake, yeah. he's he's our guy. Well, what did he do today? He brought in two kickers. Oh, okay. Uh, but you want to know the stupidest thing? Groupie's actually been making kicks. <laughs> like, there hasn't been a need for him. Like, he's actually been kind of keeping us in games. As he had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five field goals that he kicked. He missed one, and it was at the end of the game when it was like a fourth and fucking forever. And they were immediately definitely going to go onside kick next to just try and, you know, get back to scoring in the game uh, with like 20 seconds left. But no, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. The Falcons ran all over us. Bijan, Bijan had won those games today. Bijan had the breakout game that everyone was waiting for from him. You know, 19 touches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. He had a great touchdown route against Mario Davis, and that's the matchup you're looking for. Yeah. Old vet on a young new rookie. Yes, please. It was the same shit when uh, they had a linebacker on Chris Olave. Like you look for those matchups, matchups and exploit them, which is exactly what the Falcons did. And the fact that, you know, Ritter had a very not a terrible game, but he had a very mild game. You know, two picks he threw to Tyron Matthew. But it doesn't matter if you can't do anything in the red zone. Derek Carr threw a pick six while being on the Falcons like ten yard line. And then Taysom Hill fumbled in the red zone. And it's like, just as like we were trying to get Taysom in, he goes over and he fumbles, which that would fucking happen. Yeah, but, that's just the, that's our seasons right now, man. Like, dude, like just, just something needs to fucking change. Like, I don't even care if it's, if it's something minor like switching out a punter or a kicker just something needs to happen because this is like we are the definition of insanity <laughs> doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome like nothing has changed yeah same and here, brother. since we've recorded michael thomas and marshall Lattimore have gone on injured reserve you know Lattimore is a huge hit but it's like paulson adebo is Paulson Adebo is almost playing better than Lattimore because when he actually gets thrown to, he does everything right. He's like the lowest graded corner in PFF, which is, or the highest graded corner, sorry, with the lowest pass rating. But then just fucking Derek Carr, man. You were supposed to fix, <laughs> you're supposed to fix us. But I, I can't even, I can't even say like, it's the uh, Jameis shit from last year because Jameis is a little bit younger where Carr mm -hmm. is older. Like he should be experiencing this. So how much is it him? How much is it Pete Carmichael? I don't fucking know. All I know is I want Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael fired. I, just I think would go both... through. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I just think, both of our teams just kind of need new everything and just like a fresh slate. Dude, this is what's so bad about me. I'm so ready to go into next season with Derek Carr as the quarterback, but give me give me an actual head coach 
who isn't a, a stick in the mud and give me a play caller who's actually innovative. Yeah. I every time I see a graphic of how like lowly innovative the offensive play calling is, you know where Pete Carmichael is? He's right at like the X and Y axes, man. Where it's like innovative play to like play probability. There's Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, like right up here. Where's Pete Carmichael? Right at that corner. And it's just like, this is stupid, man. So uh, you got players still running the wrong routes. Like, why why is it so confusing? These guys are professional athletes. No one else does this. But you're telling me Michael Thomas, one of the best receivers to play for New Orleans, and Chris Olave, a young prodigy, are running the same route on an, on one another? No. Surely your terrible play calling and play design is just ass. That's what I'm going to go with. But yeah. Donald, I'll give you credit where credit is due. I told you I was scared of Bijan. Uh, I'm still very scared of Bijan for the next four years before they run him into the dirt. Because that's what all running backs do. Hopefully, if you keep Algier, you'll have a great 1A, 1B tandem because that is what I wished with Mark Ingram. And it happened. And Camara Didn't let your guy get used and abused. But... Next game, Jeff, the Kyron Williams game. (laughs) Now, let me tell you, as a man who has Kyron Williams in one league, I was so positive when I saw that Daryl Henderson was waived from the Rams. I'm like, all right, it's Kyron Williams week this time. (laughs) And by God, he did not disappoint. 200 total yards and two touchdowns. Is that good? Have a fucking day. Yeah. He easily won me uh, my week in Yahoo. Um, Can I just run through my week? Because I had a destroying week. All right. Half point PPR. Kyron Williams was my leader at 35.4 points. And then let's just say everybody else had no lower than 15. No. Then 10 points, but that was the defense. The kicker, Jason Sanders, had 13.2. But then other than that, no one had less than 15.2. That's absurd. Your boy walked away with a week of 162.02. That's not bad. (laughs) And Kyron Williams led the way. He was awesome. He was amazing. And this is what I, I want from the Rams. Maybe a little more Cooper Cup action. Yeah, and Puka Nakua action, but this is what I want to see from the Rams: domination on every level. Matthew Stafford, have a have yourself a day. Yeah, he had a very good day, very efficient day. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happens when you have a, a defense that gets you the ball in plus territory. You know, you'll you'll go down and you'll score, but you only have two hundred and thirty passing yards, and. It was, yeah, this this was awesome to see. The Cardinals still suck. Kyler Murray, yeah, you're still up for conversation of being moved on from. So hard that to find any buyers of that contract, though, so I literally think they might just ride it out. Until... They might have to. Yeah. I, I actually see, I could see the Falcons actually trying to trade for him this year. 
That could be interesting. I I could really see that because that plays well into Arthur Smith's sort of like system where it's like mobility in the no, backfield. But he's a first overall pick and he doesn't like high draft picks. So that's right. Yeah, he's not a decoy. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is a decoy. Actually, what you didn't realize is Dead and Ritter is actually the wide out. Yeah. <laughs> and he's getting the ball downfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh no the Rams, this is what you love to see from them. Cardinals, yeah, you can go back to the bottom. Yeah. Um, Jeb, the hottest team in football right now. Not the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, definitely not the Vikings anymore. The Chiefs, who are the Chiefs? I don't know. Give me the Denver Broncos. Yeah, five-game win streak. (laughs) Now, all of the Sean Payton... Uh, fucking beefers and shitters about Nathaniel Hackett can shut the fuck up. Sean Payton is coaching this team to fucking victory, and Russell Wilson looking competent, not yeah. amazing, but looking competent. It's just so funny that they've won five games in a row since uh releasing their play calling sheet. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually hilarious. Yeah, definitely on purpose. Yeah, of course. Definitely. But it's funny seeing a five-game win streak in them at six and five. <laughs> it's just like, back to 500, baby. Let's go. Yeah, and I don't even know like how they're doing it. Their defense is playing like outer-worldly. Yeah, they're only going up against the Browns, who don't have Deshaun Watson, but... The Browns also have a mean running attack that was kind of limited. Yeah, I saw, like, Kareem Hunt. He wasn't very effective on a lot of plays where he should have. Jerome Ford had a good day. Like, he was running really efficiently. But it just seemed like there wasn't enough of it. They couldn't really establish it Mm -mm. consistently. And, I mean, only getting the ball, Amari Cooper the ball twice. I think it's just going to take a bit of time for DTR Thompson Robinson to kind of just get the confidence, you know, that's even if he's still alive after that hit that he took. Yeah, that's true. That was vicious. It It was very clean. Yeah. Very clean. Yeah. The Broncos have yourselves a five game win streak. Um, the Chiefs and the Raiders. The uh, is it hard to believe that the Raiders were up fourteen to nothing, Jeff? Because yeah. they were. Aiden O'Connell, man. Seems like he's the the whole mo that the Raiders want to get behind, and <laughs> I mean. It was a it was a good day. I I was more or less thinking Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he twenty had carries. Very, yeah, over hundred yards, game. and a touchdown. Like that is just unreal. Jacoby Myers. Um, man, you know how much the Patriots had that guy. <laughs> how much pain that brings me. We gave the same contract to Juju. To Juju. Yeah, who only had what was it one catch for thirteen yards. I don't pay attention to him anymore, so like I don't really I, care. I don't even know if he's actually playing most games. It's 
Yeah, no, it's very sad to see him, but I'm happy for Jacoby Myers. Um, but I wish he was still on New England. Yep. But just like very efficient days from a lot of players in this game, especially on KC, like Mahomes seven incompletions, just a solid day. Pacheco found the end zone twice. Rasheed mm-hmm. Rice is looking starting to be to that f- number one guy. Yeah, he's starting to figure out a lot more and you're seeing it yep. as well. So Yeah. And then MVS is garbage. <laughs> that drop is playing on repeat in his head, and it's just affecting him on all levels. Man, just terrible. But, yeah, the Chiefs get it done. Should be a good week for them next week. I guess the Packers can't wait to watch them destroy on that game. <laughs> yeah. Um. The next game, the Bills and the Eagles. Uh, game of the year, potentially. Probably. Potentially. Um man, this is this is tough. I Josh Allen. Absolutely have yourself a day. Yeah, he had a very good day. He basically put them on his back. Oh, like that pick, like that's not his fault. Like that was just a great play made by Slay. I mean, maybe he shouldn't have thrown it in there. Yeah, but he redeemed himself. You know, three hundred and forty yards, four total touchdowns, and well over four hundred total yards for him. Like, and also Gabe Davis, if he just doesn't wrong, if it doesn't run the wrong route, the Bills win in overtime. Yeah, I uh, missed some of this game, but I wa- I like I missed the final parts of this game. But yeah, no, it was a good game for what I watched overall. Yeah, no, the the end part of the game was just in final OT, obviously in OT. If if Allen and Gabe Davis hit on that, then obviously it's a whole different story. Bills win, you know, sixty to thirty four, but. We're not Philly wins, and they just make clutch plays at clutch times. Do you think Jalen Hurts should be the favorite for MVP? I mean, this game, I would say probably projects him a little bit, but I don't know, Matt. Something just still doesn't seem right about Jalen Hurts. I can't describe it because it's not like it looks like he's like injured anyway, but he just, I don't know, man. Like I'm giving it to CJ Stroud before I give it to Hertz. Yeah, just it has that type of vibe, you know? Like he's not like to like, me, when... honestly, I don't see a lot of MVP caliber quarterbacks. Not let this alone year. let alone players this year. Like obviously Christian McCaffrey, he's kind mm-hmm. of the main driver of that. San Francisco offense. So I would probably have him one, but I've kind of gone over that before. CJ Stroud is bringing life to this Texans team that like wasn't, didn't have any sort of expectations going into the year. And he's kind of lighting the world on fire, but like I wouldn't put Josh Allen in there because he's been kind of a turnover machine. Yeah. Mahomes isn't looking out of this world either. Hertz is very average at best. Maybe Lamar. I'd probably put Lamar, I'd put Lamar as, Jackson as the MVP like, favorite. Yeah, I'd probably put him up there. 
because yeah. like to me he feels like he's definitely had one or two games where he's costed the Ravens but he's had more of those games that have defined Ravens wins around his mm-hmm. performance like he's led the way be- they've won because of him mm-hmm. and Ravens are a solid team but going into the year besides our boy Scott Ani I didn't see a lot of people having the Ravens as Super Bowl contenders or juggernauts or whatever or like there mm-hmm. were some were like Ravens could be competitive but you should definitely look out for these teams before them yeah I yeah I know exactly what you mean man but like as in quarterback aspects and definitely put Lamar first but like I'm putting way more um position players ahead of any other quarterback besides Lamar like yeah. Tyreek Christian yeah. McCaffrey Miles Garrett like I'm putting like those guys ahead of any other quarterback in my no, opinion. No, I I completely agree. I know exactly what you're talking about because you you look at what the award by definition most valuable player. Yeah. And so you get the most valuable player on each team and it's like you can go through each team like the Lions probably be Jared Goff, you know, it's like a top contender. Cowboys, Dak, right? Yeah. But it's like you can't give it to Dak because you'd have to give it to to Hertz before Dak. And also, you know? I'm looking at Cowboys, and their schedule has favored them a lot. 100%. 100%. And, and they still haven't beaten a really good team. Yeah, and I'd say, like, the team that should have a positive record that they beat but has a losing record would be the Chargers. Like, they're probably the best losing record team that they've beaten. Mm-hmm. But they also got absolutely shit kicked by the 49ers, which was their first true test. And they got dominated on all levels. So, like, Dax had a fantastic year. Don't get me wrong. He's proven a lot of people wrong. But I still wouldn't put him in the conversation yet. Like, I'm still putting Stroud and Lamar. Lamar won Stroud, too. Before I even mention another quarterback for another three or four slots. Yeah. But, of course, the MVP award goes to the best quarterback on the best of team, course yeah or the quarterback on the best team and you know what it, super dumb. It, it could very well even be brock purdy this year right like he's yeah. definitely not like the guy guy but he's having a great year no he's having a solid yards, 19 touchdowns six picks but it's just like you look at the san francisco offense and it's like yeah you could probably get to that without Purdy, like <laughs> you can get to nine and one without Hertz on Philly, right? See, and that's just the whole thing where that's where you look at Lamar and you're like, they are not eight and three without Lamar. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like DeAndre Swift, AJ Brown, and Devonte Smith is one hell of a fucking offense. And, and you didn't even say Dallas Goddard. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> he's been hurt the past couple of weeks, but he was solid prior to getting hurt. And I have advocated for this play. I'm with this play. But Jalen Hurts, you've been helped out a lot by the tush push. Let's be honest here. Yeah. That's where a lot of your total touchdowns have come from. Obviously, not all of them, but some have. I just... Majority. you You don't give off MVP material right now. And I think other players in general are more deserving than him. Like to me, Hertz is probably like sixth on my ballot. And like that's and that's just solely because he's on the 
team with the best record. Yeah. We should have an MVP vote. The left side heavy MVP vote. <laughs> and like I think we're both going Lamar or Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Is my guess is where we're yeah. both kind of going. But like, yeah, I'm probably Lamar, Stroud, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Tyreek Hill. And then maybe, maybe throw Jalen Hurts in there. Yeah. But. I mean, hey, we could come up with our top five list instead of power rankings this week, right? Kind of do it anonymously. Sure. Yeah. Uh, last game. Uh, I am sad to say that I actually watched this game, but the Bears beat the Vikings with four field goals. The Dobbs train is over. Yeah. Josh Dobbs, that was easily his worst game of his career. Four picks, and it was nasty. And of course, uh, TJ Hawkinson gets the lone touchdown of the game. And then, like all Bears fashion, my brother messaging me, oh, fuck, we found another way to lose. <laughs> Fields ends up getting it done. I, I still. I still believe in in fields. I know it might sound crazy, but like dude has a rocket arm. Like he did you see how fast of a throw he had to DJ Moore to like set final, him up on the final drive there? Oh my god, that was a bullet yeah. right to the middle of his chest. And I I just still like him. I still like him. I don't know if it sounds crazy, but I feel like he just needs a better play caller. 60% of their passes come from behind the line, behind or at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and man. Like it's, it's just, ter- and his offensive line sucks. Like that final drive before he threw that bullet to DJ Moore. Did you see how much he was scrambling oh. behind the line? It was like, he had to throw the ball away three times in a row because no one could get open and his line couldn't block for him. No, to give him time to even look for an open receiver. And he had, I was surprised he even found DJ Moore because I just like thought that he was fucked. Oh, I thought he did as well, right? Like I did not think the Bears were gonna win this game. And I was pleasantly surprised. Cairo Santos actually kicked a field goal for the win for the Bears. Yeah. No curse. But it wasn't an it wasn't a pretty game by any means. And I don't think Ryan would like to hear more of this. I know you're listening. And uh, I know you'd rather have them lose, probably, to get a better pick. But (laughs) (laughs) what a day to be a Chicago Bears fan. Yeah. And uh, we haven't gone over this one, but the Chargers chargered once again. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes, the Chargers. Yes. But there's honestly, I don't really think much to talk about because I went and watched a movie during this game and I'm very happy I did. Yeah. I thought this was going to be like one of the better Sunday night football games. Terrible. Yeah, it wasn't great. No. All primetime games this week sucked ass. All standalone games for that matter. Yeah. Like, no, no standalone game was like semi-competitive and competent at the same time. Yeah. I'm not going to call the Bears and Vikings competitive because that was just incompetency. The definition of incompetency. (laughs) 
That's my TED talk. <laughs> That's all right. Time to move on. Oh my god, the Lions are minus four point favorites against New Orleans. I am hammering that. Yeah, <laughs> I might bet my mortgage if I had one on the Lions minus four. Oh my god. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I have the... So I believe you are 18 and 15. Uh, 17 and... Oh, we haven't updated that yet. Yeah, I uh, didn't update it after week 11. You went... And then I believe I'm 15 and 18. What were my bets last week? I can't even remember. Um, you had, oh, I, so week 11, you had Chargers minus three and a half, Commanders minus nine, and Cowboys, Panthers over 42. I believe we just did Thanksgiving slate. I believe yeah, you had it was, yeah. Detroit spread. Okay. Um, yeah, because it was three and a half. Right? It was something fucking stupid. No, it was minus seven and a half. Seven and a half. Oh boy. Yeah, so I think you had Detroit spread. You had um I think uh you had Seahawks plus six and a half, and you had Cowboys Commanders over forty eight. Yeah, right, because yeah, you went against me that one. Yeah. And then I had uh Lions Packers under. Over. I had oh. their over. I had Cowboys Commanders under, and then I had Seahawks 49ers over or something. I can't remember entirely, but I went one and two on the week as well. So I'm 14 and 18. Or Did you change mine? No, I didn't. What was the Seattle and 49ers over? What did it come in at? Was it 44 and a half? That'd be brutal if it was 44 and a half. I think I got it by one. So I think well, then like... You'd be two, then you'd be two and one. No, I got one thing. I was one and two. I know that for sure. But I I remember winning one of them just by like one. And that might have been the 49ers Seahawks. Because the, the I think it was... Ago, the over-under was, was 44 points. I think it was 43 and a half that I got it at and it it was 44 cuz I remember like just barely beating it but well, if I, you had if you had the uh, Packers and Lions over that's also a hit cuz that was 53 points you see hate I'm also saying that I can't remember all I know is that I went one and two <laughs> I can't remember what my one came from cuz okay fair enough I may have had both unders or I may have had over under under a spread I can't remember entirely so and that's we'll just, on that's on not doing the graphic. <laughs> yes. We'll just uh go into uh week 13 favorite bets. All right. Lead the way. Uh obviously, I give me Detroit uh minus 4. That is silly. <laughs> um Oh man. The the Falcons minus two and a half seems really nice. 
I'll play it safe. Um, I'm going to go the Falcons money line. I know it's, oh, but that's not smart to do it against a team. <laughs> Man, no, I'm going to stick with teams not unless it's going against the Saints. I'm going to stick with teams out of the division here. Ooh, Patriots plus six seems real appetizing. Are you sure? Yes, because <laughs> the the Chargers suck, dude. That's that's the thing. Um, <laughs> give me. Oh, man, that Philly San Fran game. Flex that into Sunday Night Football, bro. Yeah, I know, right? Jesus Christ. Um, give me L.A. minus three and a half. The Rams. Okay. Yeah. Rams minus three point five, and then the last one we got here. Ooh, give me the Broncos and Texans under forty seven. It's I I like where you're going with that because it's very hard to see Denver putting up any more than like twenty five points, and I can't see Houston putting up more than twenty five as well. Yeah, so it's kind of. It could be like a 21 to 20 type of game. That's what I'm thinking. So I kind of like where your head's at there. Uh, I am going to go. Hmm. <sighs> I'm thinking. See, I don't really know what to think of for Green Bay because they're a very confusing team. They can put up nine or they can put up 25. So like the over 42 kind of looks pleasing because Casey can always set off no matter what, especially kind of with how they're playing. So I guess I'll go, I'm going to risk it and go Casey Green Bay over 42. Okay. I like that. I kind of, I think it's kind of a good number where I can see both teams putting up at least that amount of points. Yeah. And if it was like anything over 44, 45, I'd probably stay away from it. But this, that kind of seems fair. I'm going to go Broncos plus three and a half. I'm going to ride the hot streak. Okay. And I think they at least keep it within a field goal. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then I'll hedge my actually no, mm-hmm. hedging hedging on a spread doesn't really make any sense. No. Um, and then you'd be considered a pussy if you just do the bunny line. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And then I will go. Hmm. Jesus. Uh, let's, let's rock. Philly hasn't disappointed me with this so far. I'll go Philly plus two and a half. All right. Bang. I, I think they can kind of make things interesting with San Fran. That'd be, uh, yeah, no, they, they definitely will. Yeah. We'll see though. But all right, let's rock and roll with some NHL news here. Uh, we'll start off with the Vancouver Canucks. Once again, they went one and two on the week, four and six, or sorry, 
um, two and four in the last six, but they do still sit eight points up on Calgary for third in the Pacific. Um, we did lose to San Jose. We are one of their four victims this year, unfortunately, but I still think that this is kind of very similar to last week. I think that there's injuries not being revealed that, like, for example, Pedersen's dealing with. I think we're just a tired bunch overall, and I genuinely just don't think... Actually, I think we might just be coming down to earth a bit from our hot start. I don't necessarily think they're as bad as we've been playing, but they definitely weren't as good as our start. But overall, Hade, what was your general consensus consensus over the past week for the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah, the past week uh, has been tough. Losing to San Jose, um, we're actually one of their, I, I guess, yeah, one of their four other victims. Yeah, that makes five. That makes sense. Um, and then also, you know, <sighs> Oh, it just it pisses me off because there's so much better than that, and there's just the back end players, the back end forwards are so good, but then the back end defensemen, that's where it starts to get super dicey for Vancouver. Yeah, because that is super susceptible to you want to put or you want to get fresh legs out there. But you can't have like any confidence when you when you throw out Juleson or when you throw out Friedman because as much as we shit on Tyler Myers, I think he's actually above you know those guys, which is something I never thought I'd say in my life. <laughs> but man, like our depth at forwards, unreal unreal yeah. depth and the the defensemen like we we see the defensemen and how they're kind of fumbling the bag because who was it that put in an own goal ian cole. yeah ian cole yeah. what the fuck are we doing man <laughs> yeah and that's where we just start to kind of like tail off and lose a bit here but i'm still confident I know as soon as like the puck gets rolling again, like if we get off to scoring the first goal, I think what I think out of like the uh, the twenty nine points that we have, we have gotten like twenty twenty two of those when we scored the first goal, which pretty unreal. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we get the puck rolling, then goals just keep coming. Yeah. And as soon as we were like, we kind of take the first, uh, take the first goal into our end. That's when it's like, all right, can we come from behind? And I don't think we're, I don't think we're at that level yet where we're not as composed. Because if we don't score, like it's hard for us to come back from two, two nothing down. And I know what happened when we went or when I went to the Islanders game, but. It's also the Islanders, so. <laughs> no, I uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think a lot of our troubles that we've 
uh, run into this year, especially during our cold stretch, is just shooting ourselves in the foot with um, kind of stupid turnovers and mm-hmm. a lack of discipline in our own end. And I mean, that Granlin goal that he went end to end on us, I think it's just more of a respect to him than a Absolutely. diminish to us. Like that was just a beautiful goal that he scored. Do we have to play better defense? 100%. But you got to respect the goal when it goes in, but you also can't allow two goals in the first two minutes when it's a tie game. Cause then it just creates, you still have time to come back, but it creates a lot of a, like a much steeper hill to climb up from. So just getting off to a quicker start at the start of each period is massive for us. Mm-hmm. And we, no matter the team, you just can't fall back like that. Uh, it was just a little too late, uh, too a little too late from us. Um, yeah. How do you feel about Kuzmenko getting scratched two games in a row? I hate this. All right, like I know he hasn't been putting up points, but Kuzmenko is is a big vibes guy, huge vibes guy, and when he's on the ice and on the power play, it makes a fucking difference. Yeah, that is the biggest part that I've noticed. Garland or Beauvillier on the PP1, shoot me now. I cannot stand not having Kuzmenko on power play one. Because, yeah, he hasn't been producing this year. All right. But it's also like he does more than just have points on his shifts. Right, like he is, he's a grinder when it comes to just on the regular five on five, and yeah. then he's also the one that tucks himself away in the corner, and is like a distraction for other people. I agree. I yeah. I hate that he's just not he, he's being healthy scratched. I mean, hope maybe it's for that injury for the puck that he took to the face, but you got to be healed by it from now. Right. I I mean, like he came back like next game or like two yeah, games that, that, later. The next game. And I think it was just kind of like a wake up call. I kind of understand it because he did get scratched, and then that same game, that first game he was scratched for, we won five one. So it's just like after a big win, who are you gonna take out to bring him back in after your scratch? Him getting scratched was kind of warranted, but then I saw that. Uh, before the morning skate between the Ducks tonight, we are recording on Tuesday early in the day. Um, he was in the first line with Petey, so I think he's back into the lineup tonight. Um, which I think is warranted. Two games off, bit of a wake up call. This is a reminder that you kind of need to get your shit back together. But I, I understand it, and I think it should happen more with star players. But I'm happy to see him back in the lineup because he is a very good top six forward for us. That brings a lot of spark. I agree mm-hmm. with you. So hopefully better days coming for Vancouver and hopefully we can kind of get back on the winning way against Anaheim tonight. who has been a Definitely. pesky team this year, um, especially with the terrible Zegris so far. He has like two points this year. God awful. Trash. But no, it's... Hopefully Vancouver can kind of get back onto their winning ways. And again, 
I think it's very important that we realize that we're still eight points up on fourth in the Pacific, but we can't kind of rely on that too early because yes, we're in a playoff spot pretty comfortably at the moment. I have this a bit later in my notes, but McDavid is starting to heat up now. He has like 14 points in the past like four games. He's yes. Granted, Edmonton that helps when he gets and, nine points in two games. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying is that you got to remember that there is the best two best players in the world in our division that can heat up at any moment and bring this team back to life and can go on an absolute run and be second in the division in two months' time. Like, as Canucks fan, as Canucks fans, we got to be terrified of this because we know Vancouver can fall off at any moment with this guy it trailing happened. us and just being, he was first start of the week this week and like deservingly so he was tearing it up. But yeah, Canucks can't get too comfortable right now. No. So we have to get back on the winning ways as fast as possible. I think it was important. We had this hot start because it gave us a cushion to fall back on in situations like this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, big game against uh, Anaheim tonight. N- yeah, big game on Thursday too, especially with Vegas, who's kind of also shitting the bed. Yeah, they've yeah they've kind of been on the struggle bus a little bit. I think it's important that I'm not like high expectations to win this game against Vegas coming up, but if we can at least keep it like competitive, then I think that's huge for us. I agree. Next point, so that we kind of get this going. Patrick Kane's saga is done. He is signed in Detroit for a one-year deal, $2.75 million. I think this is great for Detroit and Patrick Kane, especially with how Detroit's kind of started. I think it would have been a bad decision if Detroit was not a playoff team, but I think it's a good fit bringing DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane back together now that Detroit's kind of they're second in the Atlantic right now, if I'm not mistaken. And they're just playing very good hockey. They bring that to bring it Patrick Kane chemistry back. And then like on Chicago, they were just absolutely automatic. But how do you feel about the say Patrick well, Kane in Detroit? Correct, yeah. They're third in the division. Okay. My second. Panthers. My Panthers are second. Ah, uh, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh yeah, the Panthers are two points ahead. They also Panthers also play tonight and only one game more than Detroit. But Patrick Kane to Detroit. Uh hopefully, you know, everything's well with his surgery and he's a okay because I thought it was gonna be he was gonna have a difference of hell and high water when he was with the Rangers last year. Uh I I don't know. I feel like Detroit he obviously gave him a friendly deal and he gave them a friendly deal but i don't think i don't think he's going to make too much of a difference on detroit like he'll help to bring it yeah but he's not the same guy and it's tough to see that but he's he's i thought he would have kind of a revitalized you know back half of the season with the rangers last year and it just wasn't and I don't think 
Detroit makes it any better for him. And honestly, I very much understand where you're coming from, especially from the surgery that he had. Not a lot of players have had uh, great success coming great from success. Hip, resurfacing, hip resurfacing surgery. Uh, you see Nicholas Backstrom for Washington. He came back from that surgery. And he's back on the IR, and it's very questionable whether or not he even plays another game of hockey again. Ryan Kessler mm-hmm. had that surgery. He's unofficially retired from the NHL, hasn't played a game in, like, four years. Like, <laughs> or I guess since, like, 2016 he hasn't played, so, like, seven years. Seven it's, years. It's been a long time since he's played. Like, this surgery is brutal, and... I think that's why it was just the one-year deal on a lower AAV compared to what was expected because of the degree. But I think if you kind of limit his role, power play minutes, 12 to 15 minutes a night maybe, then I think it can be a solid pickup. But, of course, I kind of had higher expectations when he was on New York, and he didn't quite live up to that. So we'll kind of see how that plays out but Patrick Kane on Detroit I'm very interested to see and a legendary player Ian's guy Daniel Sprong on uh, Detroit is willing to give up his number 88 for uh, Patty Showtime Kane which I think he would just walk in and take it off his hangar and then go to the equipment (laughs) manager and switch the names over and not even talk to Sprong about it just be like Mm -hmm. yeah this number's mine now and I think Sprong would have no choice but to just Bend over and take it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like buddy. Also, also, you should have uh you should have kept it at four years since Ryan Kessler's played. Uh 2018, uh, 2019 was his last season. He played then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 60 I, games played, five goals, three assists, uh negative 19 in point differential. Yeah, blame it on the hip, buddy. <laughs> Uh, hey, we got massive news here. Corey Perry put on unconditional waivers for the purpose of contract termination because he nailed Connor Bedard's mom. <laughs> now, that's uh, unofficial, but um, he was put yeah. on unconditional waivers for the purpose of contract termination. That is true uh, because he performed inappropriate conduct amongst the team. Uh, the rumor amongst social media is that he did the tango with uh, Connor Bedard's mom on mom's How trip. funny that would have been. I really hope that rumor's true. Because... It actually it actually just came out uh, 30 minutes ago. Uh, it was not about that. And the team says that they're disgusted that that was a thing. Well, then why the fuck did he get his contract terminated? Why, why are you disgusted? Yeah, it I didn't. It didn't say they didn't give out the reason but it's like well, this just asks more questions for me i mean like look realistically i never believed that it was actually for nailing connor bedard's mom but like and they're not going to come out and say the exact reason <laughs> yeah like if anything they would say for inappropriate relations with a teammate's family member is but, yeah, probably like how Ryan they would word Kessler, it Corey Schneider. Yeah, Mason Raymond type of situation. Yeah. Like 
that's how they would phrase it a teammate's family member or teammate someone close to a teammate something like that. that's how they would word it yeah they wouldn't say Corey perry contract terminated because he had uh inappropriate relations with our generational <laughs> talent's mother <laughs> yeah but that would be an abs like the guy who would write that headline would get so many clicks and then fired right away but dude it, it would be it's worth literally it. just a ball sack sports guy yeah barry mccockiner headline yeah. <laughs> barry mccockiner yeah oh yeah yeah put him with mike hawk all right yeah <laughs> jack goff yeah jack <laughs> with huge erection as the yeah. uh, as the main guy <laughs> yeah Oh fuck. Yeah. No, but Corey Perry, I think if it's nothing too serious why he's getting his contract terminated, I'm sure that it would be worth it for a contender to like sign him down the road, kind of like a Phil Kessel thing would be. But Corey Perry, that's the case. Truly act he took father figure too literal <laughs> when <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh that's Jokes write themselves these days. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, NHL All-Star Weekend came out with some updates here. There's going to be some changes or I guess some revamps coming uh, to this upcoming NHL All-Star Weekend in Toronto 2024. The draft is back. So instead of two teams drafting East and West kind of thing, there's going to be four teams, but you're going to get a pick from the litter. It's not going to be like uh, just Pacific, Atlantic, Metro, like that situation. You're going to get a whole jumble of teams, which I think brings a much-needed wrinkle to it because I think the NHL All-Star Weekend was incredibly boring. It was hard to believe that any sort of revenue was being generated from this weekend. So I think this draft is massive to like put in some more eyeballs onto and like attention overall to the weekend. I think it's mm-hmm. massive. I think doing it in Toronto is huge because Toronto is a very big sports bubble in the NHL overall. I think a lot of people are going to want to come to Toronto. The Six has been incredibly promoted by Drake, the city overall. There's lots to do in Toronto. So I think just this year to do it, I think is very good. And they're also doing a PWHL showcase, three-on-three, promoting the new... Women's Professional Hockey League, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, Toronto is one of the cities in the league, so I think that's also... That's that's great publicity. Exactly. So I think these are great. Um, and they're also uh, doing this award uh, given to a former NHL All-Star who's gone into something uh, after their NHL career shown perseverance, courage, so they're giving out an award to that. So I'm assuming some sort of NHL personality or who's gone on to do something educational mm-hmm. made a difference outside or after their NHL career. So I think this is a very good uh, step for the NHL to kind of grow the game and revamp their image. Yeah, I hope their All-Star Weekend is a lot better than last year, obviously. Uh, everyone hopes that their All-Star Weekend, you know, isn't, fucking stupid yeah and that's what it is these days right like there's nothing fun about any all-star games anymore like 
the Pro Bowl is a joke. The NBA fucking All-Star Weekend is, like, it used to be something so cool with the dunk contest. But last year, I was like, this is the worst thing I have ever laid my eyes on of basketball. Yeah. And then the NHL just didn't top it either. (laughs) Like, it's terrible. The only All-Star game that's, like, the best All-Star game is, ironically, like, baseball. Because you can't, because you you can't can't, fuck up a home run derby. Yeah. And like trying and not trying in baseball is the same level of effort. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you can't, like hockey, you can just like skate around at one mile per hour and just pass the puck and then get off the ice and like literally not give a shit. But baseball, Mm -hmm. it's like you can't not field a ground out. Like you have to do it. You can't Mm -hmm. really like not try. Pitching, what are you going to do? Only pitch like 60 miles per hour. And look, you're going to probably pitch two innings and then get out. Yeah. But it's really hard to like not care in baseball. I agree. So I think NHL just needs to find a way to bring back what the people want to try and enjoy their veering experience better. And I think this is a huge step towards that. I agree. Huge step. I, I fully agree. Uh, what else? Samuel Gerard of the Colorado Avalanche has entered the player assistance program. Uh, came out that he's been dealing with anxiety and depression, which has led to uh, alcohol abuse. I think this is, I always praise people for admitting their faults. And like, it's very hard for people to admit that they're not dealing like doing well and i think this is the proper step for gerard and i really hope that he gets better as soon as possible because i can't imagine going through what he's going through right now no definitely i hope everything with samuel gerard is obviously okay i hope that he has stable ground that he's on because it's a slippery slope yeah depression and anxiety and to mix that with abusing of alcohol is just yeah it's a scary sight and obviously well not obviously but i don't know near enough about depression and anxiety to speak on it and have an opinion but i can't say it hasn't affected my life yeah you know i know a lot of women who have depression and anxiety and it eats away at them so and i know men's mental health doesn't get talked about near as much but just know that every guy every woman every person out there matters 100 percent. i uh, couldn't have said it better myself but uh we have a coach firing um uh the Minnesota... depression yeah dean evanson <laughs> and uh head coach dean evanson and assistant coach bob woods have been relieved of their duties from minnesota i think this is more so of a credit to lack of team play and uh not really getting good goal goalie support um as opposed to them because they have had very quality records as coaches for this team and have done good for this team just a bad year and 
what does uh, Bill Guerin do for Minnesota? They replace Dean Evanson with one of the most average coaches this league has ever seen. So I just don't really see this team getting any better this year. I think it's an unfortunate year unless they're um, both Gustafson and Fleury kind of get better. But yeah, unfortunate to see that a coach's job is lost because of bad goaltending, to say it, to not sugarcoat it. But Jay Woodcroft and Dean Evanson have been victims of lack of goaltending. And the jobs are done for because of it. Yeah. Anything, anything to say on this, Ed? No, you're absolutely right. It's <laughs> it's so funny. And what team play can do to a franchise is just absolutely hilarious. And it turns yeah. their world upside down. And then what do they do? They panic and then they hire mediocrity. Yeah. 100%. Uh, the NHL hot water once again. They uh, reportedly told Mark Andre Fleury that he could not wear a custom designed Native ha- American heritage mask in warm ups uh, back on Friday, but he did in fact do it anyway, which I think is an absolute power move. They threatened to fine him, and then if he did it, they also doubled down and said they would threaten to fine the Minnesota Wild a Hefty, hefty amount, but I think both team and Flurry said doesn't matter. It's kind of a drop in the bucket for us. The message is way more important than the dollar amount. So I think that's coming becoming more of a normal normalcy in the NHL is just going against the law and just doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Honestly, good for them. Yeah, good, for, good like. That is ridiculous. I, I don't know. <laughs> How could you ever deny a request like that? Yeah. I just. I, so shit. I, uh, I agree with you. Um, There's going to be some Native American tribes and uh, names in here that I could mispronounce. So I'm going to try and not uh, offend them by saying them incredibly wrong. But the wild netminder, Marc-Andre Fleury, had artist uh, Cole Redhorse Taylor, um, a member of the Prairie Island Indian community, design a mask for Fleury in honor of the knight uh, and his wife, uh, Veronica LaRossi Fleury, who is an Ab- Abenaki and Micmac descent. Um, so it was in honor of his wife, and just her heritage overall. And it's just a very bad look that the NHL did not permit him to wear it and would threaten to fine him. And I just think there needs to be more normalcy in allowing players to show their colors and heritage and just show themselves because they're trying to grow the game. And I think this just deters people from even giving a shit about this league. No, 100%. It's just kind of ironic. 100%. It's like, we want to grow the game. Oh, no, you can't show your personality. Oh, you want to, yeah, you want to do <laughs> something that represents uh, a minority community? Fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah, no, what a what a hypocrisy 
or what a hypocritical stance the NHL has on shit like that. Monday, I agree. Yeah, absolutely good for Flurry for going out and wearing his mask. Yeah, it's kind of like that. I'm seeing that a lot more with NHL players and teams, and they're just like, go ahead, NHL, pay the fine if that's all it's going to take. Every single, I'm sure every player in that dressing room for Minnesota was paying that fine for Flurry. 100%. They're like, we will put money towards that 100%. Flurry, you're not paying a dime. Like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous yeah. that it even got to that point uh jacob truba fined five thousand dollars for a slash to bruins uh frederick have you seen the video on this head yeah i did do you believe it should be should have been a suspension um i don't know i mean <laughs> like both angles when you look at it could be a yes and a no. Yeah. I no agree. one's gonna no one's gonna be happy with either solution. Yeah, and I agree. I say it's a it like did it put his life in any sort of threatening way? No, not really. I've seen worse cross checks to to faces that have been or, yeah, slashes fine, to the heads. Yeah, or fine for less. Yeah. And not even given a suspension. A slash. Yeah, it's it's disrespectful. Mad disrespectful. But I don't think a suspension. I think a fine covers that. Yeah. That's it's like what the what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, because I've seen where like he's pushed off balance and like you sometimes swing to try and like keep yourself up. But mm-hmm. I've also seen an angle where it's like I could see him getting a game or two yeah. from that. But, like, also, it's, like, maybe, like, more of a fine. But, like, I think under that circumstance, 5K was the maximum allowed. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was a very weird gray situation where, like, I don't really under- don't really know how to dissect this. But No. You don't last, see these. Yeah, last point here. Just a couple standings updates. Lots of uh, interesting teams in playoff spots right now. So I'm just going to kind of run through the divisions here, Hayden. We're just going to quickly kind of give a quick breakdown on how we see things here. Um, the Atlantic, we got Boston 1, Florida 2, Detroit 3, Tampa 4, Toronto 5, Buffalo 6, Montreal 7, and Ottawa 8. I think without even looking at the other divisions, that this one is the most what the fuck is going on right now. <laughs> yeah uh it is it is kind of crazy uh i mean i say that and then i quickly take a quick glance at the uh at the metro and i'm like uh oh maybe not <laughs> but uh, ah it's hard a lot of divisions have like two pieces that if they were flipped or like turned a little bit, then it would be kind of exactly how I would think the division would go. Like even so here, I would probably straight away Detroit and 
Buffalo, I would understand being flipped here, or Detroit and Toronto. Yeah. Should be flipped. Florida, I did not think was going to be this good. I think Tampa should be there, but I also wasn't necessarily... Quit pumping your chest there, buddy. I think Tampa, I understand them being at four because Vasilevsky hasn't returned yet. Yes. So them being good but not great is kind of where people had them, but finishing the standings, I think they're going to be in that top three because, I mean, Kucherov point, they're just wagons right now. Yeah, they are. Anyone who has them on their fantasy team is very lucky. Uh Um, Ottawa. (laughs) Ottawa is just an utter dumpster fire, and I don't know how DJ Smith still has a job right now. Like, eight and nine is just terrible. They should not be last in their division. So that's why I just think this is a whole, like, what the fuck is going on? Because Toronto, you'd think with Nylander's 17-game point streak and Matthews being tied for goals, (laughs) they'd be higher. But being fifth out of eight in their division is not something I was expecting. No. Boston being one, I wasn't expecting, but they've been good forever. So there's just a lot of, like, things that, what the hell? Like, looking at this, I did not expect a quarter way through the year. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah. Bruins. I didn't think they'd be at the one personally. I thought either Tampa or Toronto would be at the one Uh, Panthers. I mean, I did have them the top in the mix for like the four to two range Two, uh, I'm happy about it. But yeah, the Senators. God damn, that's ugly. Yeah, I agree. Ugly. I agree. Uh, let's go to the Metro. We got New York one, Carolina two, Philly three, Washington four, Islanders five, Pittsburgh six, New Jersey seven, and Columbus eight. I think we make two changes here. Devils and, and Flyers. Devils and Flyers in Pittsburgh and Washington, and this yeah. list is perfect for me. Yeah. That's like, exactly what I was going to say. But also, like, I understand Washington being that high because they have, like, they have a, a lot of decent pieces. I just didn't think they'd be performing up to their standard right now. So I had them a bit lower in Pittsburgh for the opposite reason. I think they'd be playing much better. Um, New Jersey, just, New Jersey went through a Hughes injury, which I kind of... Mm-hmm. But, like, I still thought they were deeper than this. But Philly being up there, like, that's going to change quickly, I think. Which, yeah, I definitely think that, too. It's yeah. funny because Pittsburgh is 10-10-0. That's, that's a Kirk Cousins. <laughs> they're, the, they're Kirk Cousins of the NHL right now. Yeah. Like, they have – they're up there with wins, but then they just – for the overtime, they can't get an extra couple points. So it's like they have 20 points, but it's also like, well, it should kind of actually be at maybe 24 points. Yeah. You know, they just can't see. It's either they win or they lose. There is no in between. Uh, that's the way it goes <laughs> every single game. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least they don't get a, at least Washington's getting their points for their losses. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's winning in overtime or just losing in regulation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Central, we got Colorado 1, Dallas 2, Winnipeg 3, St. Louis 4, Nashville 5, Arizona 6, Minnesota 7, and Chicago 8. 
Minnesota, I think if you move Minnesota to three and bump everyone down one, that's something that I can see. I was going to go even further and say one and a half. Uh, Wild, yeah, to the three, and then flip the Blues and Predators. Yeah, I think New Jersey, Nashville is about where I expected pretty mid i think they're playing better than i thought but i didn't think ron o'reilly would be playing this good and i didn't think uc Soros would be playing this bad so it's kind exactly. of like it averages out so i think nashville's kind of playing exactly where i had them uh st louis about the same i think i can't remember who i had being better but i had winnipeg around the same level as vancouver which is kind of close i just didn't expect both of them to be this good. So, so it's kind of uh, kind of wrong there. I thought Arizona would be a little bit better, but still in the midst of a rebuild. So growing pains, I get it. But Minnesota's goaltending has just let them down and Chicago's bad. So his yeah. division's pretty close to how I had it lined up. I just thought Minnesota, like they're not even just not as good as I thought they'd be. They're just fucking bad right now. So, mm-hmm. and then Lastly, we got the Pacific. We got Vegas 1, LA 2, Vancouver 3, Calgary 4, Seattle 5, Anaheim 6, Edmonton 7, and San Jose 8. I got the perfect one for this. You just had the Oilers slotted in between the Kings and the Canucks. That's how I would see this division. Yeah, like that's pretty equal to what I had. Like I had. I honestly think Edmonton at one or at two where LA yeah. is and slot bump everyone down. The, uh, yeah, slot them in between. Yeah, the Knights and the Kings. That also bumps it exactly, and then bump yeah. everyone down. That's how I think I had this division going. Yeah. It's just that Vancouver's playing very good. Edmonton's playing very bad. But Edmonton could be where Calgary is in four days. So we'll kind of see how. Very easily. By the time this go, yeah, like by next episode two hundred one, it's gonna probably be a lot different. The Pacific, mm-hmm. but yeah, pretty standard here. But hey, this is a good long episode. Um, nice and long. We got another one to record here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, where can the people find you, bud? On Instagram and x at hayden underscore Barton. oh x i'm still saying twitter i know ian really got to me that one day yeah <laughs> uh you can follow me on instagram at jevin.lefave on twitter at jevin lefave and find everything for the show on instagram x and tiktok at left side heavy underscore through and both just yeah. to, uh, just to throw them off yeah exactly and uh, please review and rate the show everywhere you get your podcasts Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you Friday for KBNR. Peace.